In a world gone mad, only rationality and common sense can save it. It's Andrew and Jerry Save the World with your hosts, Andrew Langer and Jerry Rogers. And now, here's Andrew and Jerry. Well, hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Andrew and Jerry Save the World, episode 32. Andrew and Jerry get classified. I'm Andrew Langer. Jerry Rogers. And uh, listen, we've got an action-packed show today. We're going to be joined in a little bit by Tony Schaefer, uh, president of the London Center. I believe, Jerry, that Tony is our first return guest. Am I am I right here or am I wrong? Uh, you might be correct. I, I think although, I, although you know 32 shows you know I've I've uh, I've they they blend together and also you know prior to this we've done how many shows prior to this well I mean right we did I think 150 uh yeah. uh, uh, uh langer casts uh, beforehand right. uh but yes but we've and we'd had um we brought people back lots of times you know you know we had we had Michi Ilyazi as the permanent guest our third chair for for a very long time we got to get him back we got to get him back Michi is uh Michi has moved on into uh, uh he's in the stratosphere of the uh, advocacy world so he is yes. he, he, he is not it's not that Michi doesn't want to come on with us it's that his new jobs prevent him from doing so <laughs> Uh, we're gonna so we're gonna have Tony Schaefer because we got to talk about this uh, this Mar-a-Lago raid and what's going on. Team Trump is back in court today with this. Uh, lots of confusion, and we're hoping that uh, that uh, Tony can help simplify things. Um, I was interestingly enough, Jerry. I was in uh, New York over the weekend. I had a a lovely uh, went to a family barbecue, and I have a cousin. Uh, who is working in uh, uh, political things? I'm, I'm very excited. Uh, found out that my my cousin Billy uh, is running for uh, advisory neighborhood council or commission in in, in Washington D.C., which is all all good. He is also moving up into the stratosphere of advocacy in D.C. Um, the former Hill staffer R- running uh, running for something that I've never heard of. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, okay, you know, it, it, but you know, you and I have never lived in D.C. So it's, 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 I think the equivalent so, of, but it's not, it's not a councilman. Well, no, but I think it's the, it's one step below councilman. It's, and they, it's, and do they have meetings? Yes, of course they do. And do they get paid? I think they get paid a nominal salary and then they do get to influence policy. How? How I, I they make recommendations to the, uh, to the, the, to the council. I can make recommendations to the council. Yes, but they're elected to do this. <laughs> Whatever. I, I, you know, it's, I think, I think, I think we need less politicians, less elected officials, less bureaucracies, less councils. Yeah, but you know something? Listen, you know, I, let people govern I themselves. Particularly, well, okay, wait a minute. Do you think? Well, okay, we could. This would be a good debate to have. Would DC better be better off if more people could govern themselves in DC? Of course. Really, you know, you with your with all of your adherence to ordered liberty, you still well. I mean, ordered liberty, right? I mean, in the old days, you know, my father told me stories about how, uh, you know, Arthur Avenue, for instance. The first time I ever went to Arthur Avenue, uh, my father made a made a point to say, "Hey, kid, you see that guy in the corner in the Adidas jumpsuit? Hey, kid, you see that guy with the Puma jacket on? Yeah, pop. Notice how there are no police around here. Guess what?" You could strap wads of cash around your body and walk around this neighborhood. No one's going to bother you. Why? Because the neighborhood took care of itself. Well, the neighborhood took care of itself. But Jerry, also part of that was also because the you know the, the you you had the citizenry paying protection money to the the you know, the various people. The, I, 
I get this. I understand where you're, where you're going with this. By the way, just finished, finally finished watching The Irishman. It was absolutely fantastic. I, in, enjoyed it. Though, interestingly enough, real quick, I guess we could, I could talk about this now as opposed to at the end of the show. So I also watched The Offer, which yes. you haven't seen yet, I don't think, which is about the making of The Godfather. I haven't seen it yet, no. All right. And so one of the points, and this is not a spoiler here because it's all this is this is all supposed to be based on on true stories. Um, so in the Irishman, they make it out that Frank Sheeran, the Irishman, uh, right. is the person who killed uh, Crazy Joe Gallo at Umberto's Clam Bar in Little Italy, uh, as sort of retribution for the shooting of Joe Colombo in Columbus Circle. Um, whereas the the um, the offer makes it out that it was two soldati in the in the uh, uh, Colombo crime family who killed Crazy Joe Gallo, uh, as opposed to Frank Sheeran. It's really interesting stuff. Sort of two things sort of coming out roughly contemporaneously, and I'm sure the truth is somewhere in the middle. I didn't realize. Here's the thing that I didn't realize, Jerry. I didn't realize that Jimmy Hoffa was from Indiana. Neither did I. Yes, there you go. So, <laughs> all right. I know this. I know what I what I did like about the Irishman, by the way, uh, was uh, this um, that that scene, that hit scene that you you mentioned. That's how hits happen. They're not stylized. You no. know, we we watch movies and and assassinations and hits are are you know are are drama. No. You 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 go up to someone and, and they don't even know what's happening and you pop them you drop the gun you walk away. So many instances people don't even know who did it. Yeah, you well, know that's, and, you know and I think I think in the Irishman the um the the hit on Sally Bugs, um uh which is outside of a so of a, the Andrea Doria Social Club in uh, Little Italy that's really really accurate in that. Yeah, and anyway. even even the uh, you know the uh, fictionalized. Um, murder of jimmy hoffa how that happened yes it was just bam boom done yes i mean right did you you know it just it just yeah, no i don't know i i mean i'm i'm inclined to i mean it's it's like the scene in um in uh, um donnie brasco where they uh, they they knock off bruno kirby while they're knocking off everybody else right they go after yeah it's either i think it's sunny red that they hit uh, in Sunny Red's garage, and then they 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 ice Bruno Kirby at the same time. Yeah. Um, anyway, all right. Not that we want to. Not that we want to go down this rabbit hole because there is so much. But uh, I mean, but but the here. broader the broader question though kind of kind of fits into where we're going to go with the show in terms of classified information, the raid on Mar-a-Lago. The problem in terms of why the Trump FBI raid is so confusing, besides the fact that you know. There are pro-Trumpers, anti-Trumpers, and Trump has broke our collective mind. Uh, but it's also that this this issue, and we'll ask Tony later, the FBI, the DOJ, the feds could just charge you with anything. Yes. There are so many laws. Right. Uh, I went back and forth on Twitter yesterday, and um, and I, I asked this question about... Uh, about um, the Presidential Records Act. And again, we can ask Tony this, but there was a very clear, very uh, good article uh, op-ed at the Wall Street Journal explaining how uh, the the Presidential uh, Records Act allows a former president access to his or her 
papers, White House papers, presidential papers, including having them in their possession. Right. And how you transfer these documents to the government because the government owns the documents uh, uh, because of because of because of post Watergate reforms uh, is a negotiation. Right. And so my understanding is, you know, Trump is 18, 19 months negotiating with the gut with, with the feds. I don't understand the urgency. I don't understand what I don't understand what laws broken. Andy, McCar- Andy McCarthy has a good piece yesterday in the New York Post where he says that the, the president's in the clear. He didn't break any laws uh, vis-a-vis classified documents, vis-a-vis having these documents in his possession. He said, but however, now it looks like when you look at these court filings and what the feds, how the feds respond, is that they're going to charge him with obstruction. Yes. And again, this is this is one of those things where where you 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 don't break a law. The government comes in and accuses you of breaking a law. You push back and fight the government. And then the government then charges you with obstruction. You know, it's one of those things. One of the questions that I want to ask Tony is about I, I, I have a feeling they're also going to charge him with improper storage of these documents. I, I, I know that sounds very strange, but but again, it's just again it, the federal federal law is so large, um, and, and it has such great breadth that you can sort of get charged with anything. You just make up, and again, just in, 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 as a reminder to our audience, you know the we talked about this our last show. the The Department of Justice was uh, weaponized uh, during the Obama years uh, when he used the DOJ to go after Chris Christie. You know, remember Bridgegate. Right. And Chris Christie, of course, uh, let his underlings take the blame for it. But, it, you know, the Supreme Court years later uh, uh, threw the case out because they rightly and, said that the federal law applied uh, to, to in this in this instance was inappropriate. Right. And again, this is what the feds and, do. Listen, in the same way, right, that the, the weaponized against Bob McDonald. The, the governor of, of, of Virginia. Nobody talks about this at all. Right. Remember, yeah. the governor of Virginia was indicted and convicted uh, and later had that conviction overturned because the federal government could never prove that there was a quid pro quo. Right. right. He, he, he certainly received uh, uh, this largesse or his wife received this watch. Largesse. What, did, what did he get a watch? No, no, no. There was like there was a, some there was a vacation property and maybe there was a watch in there. There were a couple of other things that that his wife got. I think his wife got clothes. But the, the point of a quid pro quo, and I've mentioned this before, and the Supreme Court has upheld this, right? right? Is you have there has to be something. Anyway, the point is Bob McDonald's life was largely ruined for this. And this is the, the point. And also remember it. this. He was also someone who the Obamas feared. That's exactly right. This is my, this is point a is that it, we'll talk about the weaponization of the Obama FBI. Remember up until all of this happened, Bob McDonald was on a very short list to run against Barack Obama in yes. 2012. And so was Chris Christie. And so was Chris Christie. And, and so, you know, you have this, and, and you know, we talk about the, I used to keep a running list. In fact, those two things weren't even on the running list at the time. Of what I call the slouching towards fascism list, um, where where uh, you know all of the things that the Obama administration was doing to sort of put us on this march to to, to fascism, um, but this is my this is the the underlying point here, Jerry, and again something we're going to get into with Tony. This is not about convicting Donald Trump, right? If they convict Donald Trump, that's gravy. You know that's that's a a, a bonus. That's a lulu, but it's not about convicting Donald Trump. It's about muddying the waters. It's about getting, first of all, sucking all the oxygen out of any kind of discussion about the failures of the Biden administration. 
right? About, about focusing on the issues that are facing working families uh, and, and instead focusing on should Donald Trump be convicted? Uh, should Donald Trump be able to put uh, his name on the ballot? Uh, if Donald Trump doesn't run, right, then it becomes who did uh, who who supported Donald Trump, who didn't uh, speak enough uh, uh, ill of Donald Trump, right? You know, and again, it's, it's, it's a great mechanism to um, it's brilliant create division uh, in the Republican Party. You know, I've got a lengthy clip. I don't think I'm going to play it now, but I, I I should play it later on in the show. Uh, Corinne Jean Pierre, the the White House press secretary. Yeah. Uh, she gave a press conference yesterday to the president, by the way, another part of this, uh, uh, the president is speaking tonight uh, in Philadelphia. And what is um, uh, what most folks are saying is going to be an overly political speech, which gives rise to the question of whether or not why the uh, the major media networks are carrying it. Given also, right, what he has said uh, just recently, and, his and- speech earlier this week was incoherent it was bizarre but but uh, my point is is that is that they are what they are doing is they are they are setting up this whole idea of that there are certain the, the whole class of politicians who are completely unacceptable so yesterday for the first time i don't think it's ever been done and my listeners can point out if you know if i'm wrong here but corinne jean pierre yesterday was asked about ultra maga republicans and she turned voters, around voters and, she was asked about MAGA voters. No, no, no. But my point is, is that she was also asked about ultra MAGA Republicans, and she turned around and named specific Republicans that she said were a threat okay. to democracy. Uh, Paul Gosar, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Madison Cawthorn, um, and, and I don't know who the fourth one was, but the fifth one was Ron DeSantis. Wow. And, and well, there and, you go. Uh, yes. There, there, there you go. I mean, we talked about this Um how the left accusing the right of fascism uh, and what they're doing themselves is fascism, is implementing fascism and voter suppression uh, and threats to democracy. They're undermining uh, the legitimacy of our institutions. You know, just uh, last week, uh, Jamie Raskin, who is a congressman from, a Democratic congressman from Maryland, very outspoken, he's on the TV talk shows, he's having his 15 minutes of fame because of the January 6th committee. Uh, He came out and said that the Supreme court, he called it the Trump Trumpicized. Am I saying that right? Or the Trumpetization. Either either way. Well, regardless, he essentially talked about how the Supreme court should be ignored. It it is illegitimate. And and, and think about how scary that is. Right. And again, this isn't just some fringe these are these are the mainstream congressional. These are committee chairmen. These are leaders in the party. This is the spokesperson for the White House. And and and, and mind you, I didn't hear her name specific elected Republicans. Again, mind you, elected Republicans. These are these are members of Congress who are yeah. elected. But worse than that, I think Andrew is. She said that MAGA voters yes are a threat to democracy. Voters. Think about that for a second. Voters are a threat to democracy. Yeah, that is no. the position of this White House. You know, so again, I was going to pull it up because I, I did find. Let me, uh, I'll find it in a minute. Um, the uh, this is it, it's one of those things where, again, I used to say that the Obama administration was the Max Power administration. Like they would do everything wrong, the wrong way to do things, but they just do it faster. 
this is the acceleration of everything that the Obama administration created. You know, it, 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 what, the, what, the, what the Biden administration is doing in terms of creating the issue of the other, right? These people are extreme, right? It's not just that they're MAGA, they're ultra MAGA. And, and all of the rhetoric that's being used is the same rhetoric that was being used, you know, from 2009 onward to describe the Tea Party. And, 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 it, and it effectively, you know, it helped to effectively destroy that movement, right? There are, there are other factors that, that helped hasten the Tea Party movement's demise, but the White House and the executive branch uh, attacking them specifically and calling them extreme, right? I don't know if you remember, and I'll say it though, I, I'm reluctant to say it. I had a conversation way back when, uh, at the beginning of the Tea Party movement about the left using the pejorative teabaggers. Yeah. Which I, I, I found offensive on a whole for a whole host of reasons, not the least of which is and they and they and they thought they were so clever and so yes. witty, so cute. Well, it, it it really is about the other, about creating the other. Oh, well, they're teabaggers. They're other people. They're they're ultra MAGA, they're maggots, right? Which is the whole thing sure. I had to I finally had to sound it out when I saw someone write MAGA T, M-A-G-A-T. Oh, they're saying maggots or or Trumpsters or Trumpeters or whatever. whatever yeah. It's creating the issue of the other. Um, you know, I I, 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 anyway, I don't know why I would, would use the phrase Bidenites, but, you know, it's that's that's what it is. Sorry, go ahead, Jerry. And, and, but, but again, what, what's frightening about this is that you would hope that the media would hold these elected officials, these spokespersons, uh, these leaders of the Democratic Party on, on the left, hold them accountable to what they say. Joe Biden went on a rant earlier this week on guns, and everything out of his mouth was incorrect or a direct right. a direct lie. Everything, not, not some of the things, everything. He said things like, um, you know, you can't purchase a semi-automatic rifle or a Fully cannon. Automatic. Yeah, you can't uh, purchase said, a machine gun. You can't purchase a tank. He, you know, I mean, everything, just yeah. untruths. And then, you know, the irony is, is that he says that these, you know, the, the, the Second Amendment, how are you going to defend yourself against a tyrannical government? You know, we have F-15s. Yeah. Never mind the fact that he's actually playing yes. in his mind the idea of unleashing F-15s on American citizens. But then, but then it begs the question, okay, well, if the, then, then why then why ban the AR the AR fifteen then? Yeah, if the, if the AR fifteen right. is so useless, then why ban it? Right, then it's I clearly mean, not a we, it's clearly as, not a weapon as of he's war. He's talking, he's contradicting himself, and the scary thing is is that this is a man who's been a, in Washington for you know for half a century. Yeah, you'd think he'd be familiar with the Constitution, our history, our laws, our traditions, our ideals, uh, and all the rest of it. He loves to say things like you know we're Americans. Hey, I, I mean it, hey, man. Hey, man, I mean it, Jack. Hey, I mean it. We're Americans. But he has no idea. He, we're Americans. You know, but this man literally uses language of hate versus I, half. You know something? Here, I was, I was of, of America. I, pulled up, I didn't play the Kareem Jean Pierre clip. I, I, because I, I, I know we're, we're going to bring our guests on. I was like, I want to say something else. Biden went on a really strange in that in that strange rambling speech in Wilkes-Barre the other day, Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. He, he went on an extended riff about basketball players and the east side of Wilmington, wherever it was. Very strange race rift. You're and right. It was, and it was one of those things where I sat there and I, and I said, well, what is he going to say next? Is he going to say next? 
anyway, I don't want to say what I, but you know, essentially talking about the foods at the snack bar, I thought he was going to go down this road and talk about specific foods that are used to racially stereotype people of color. I, I, I was, it was, it was so bizarre. And I say this, it's funny because you said you got into it with people on Twitter yesterday. I have strenuously avoided it in the last couple of days. There's a political science professor at UMBC that I've gone back and forth with about stuff. And he said some particularly stupid things in the last couple of days. One of them having to do with, um, I guess, some professor who got an email and, 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 uh, you know, some racist email. And he says, Oh, I, I could, I'll give you, give you two guesses as to who this person voted for in 2020. And I'm thinking I was almost ready to write back. Oh, you mean the guy who goes on and says these racist things now, Right. You know, you who know, talks the funny thing is, 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 is Joe Biden has a history of saying racist might be the wrong term, certainly racialist. Yes, he, he is someone where where his thinking on race, his observations about race uh, are different than ours. And, and, and Jerry, hold on. they're different in a way where, right, we know that the definition of racism has changed since you and I were kids. Right. Racism used to be bigotry. Right. You hated somebody or you had antipathy to, to sort somebody because of their race. That's what we were taught in the 1970s and into the 1980s. And then things changed with Joe Biden. Joe Biden has an even further back viewpoint of this where he believes it's OK to talk about these racial stereotypes uh, as and 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 thinks that it's, you know, I, I don't know, it's perfectly OK. I'm sorry. Go well, ahead. The, 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 again, and hearing the, the president of the United States talk. It sounds like he's patting himself on the back because he hang out. He he hung out uh, with 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 uh, Americans of of African ancestry. Yes, you know I grew up in the Bronx. Uh, my in my early years, uh, and and our neighborhood was predominantly African American and and uh, Dominican and Puerto Rican. I I never thought I I, I never think I never say I've you know I've I've been on the radio for for years now. Our podcasts, I write, I'm, I, I give talks and speeches. I've never like congratulated myself. Hey, my neighbors. Do you, think, do you think, you know, it's interesting you say that because we used to be taught that you had to view things, it, the world is colorblind. You judge people by the yeah. content of their character. Do you think Joe Biden feels like he can say these things now because the definition of racism has changed? Right, because no, he because I, he I, because I, he acknowledges I, I, that that racism is about institutional structures and about power and about class you're giving he, him you're giving him too much credit. i know i am Jerry, I, I, I know i am way. i'm just sort of saying this as an but, let, but let me tell you what it is though and and again i i don't have the name of the book on on the tip of my tongue but there is a, a new book coming out uh and it talks about the barack obama uh joe biden relationship and how in 2012 barack obama very seriously considered dropping joe uh, uncle joe from the ticket and how this idea of them having a bromance uh, was false history. Oh, yeah. No, uh, no, no. But, but here's the no. telling part about that is there are quotes, you know, people attribute quotes to Joe Biden in this book where he didn't have respect for Obama. Sure. And, and again, and, and, and part of me. Well, remember, he's, that, he's clean and he, speak, he speaks English well. Again, I can't help but think I don't think Joe Biden in his heart of hearts is a racist, but I do think I do think based upon his own comments, I think he holds some kind of of racial. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. Hey, listen, let's let's leave it there. Uh, let's uh, bring on our guest. Um, let's uh, let's his name is Tony Schaefer. And now it's time for expert advice. Expert advice. 
Well, welcome to our expert advice segment. Uh, this is this is a special one for us because I believe he is our first return guest. He is the president of the London Center for Public Policy. He is a retired lieutenant colonel from the United States Army. Uh, he is going to help us noodle through everything that's going on with Trump and classified material and what happened with the raid at Mar-a-Lago. His name is Tony Schaefer. Tony, uh, so glad you can join us. Uh, we were talking just before we started recording. There's a lot to noodle through here, but that's the intent, isn't it, right? It's to keep us all confused as to what's going on. It is, Andrew. I'm sorry, I was deceived. I thought we were going to talk about psoriasis, giving advice on psoriasis. <laughs> I, 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 was, I feel completely misled here. So, no, I've been there. I, uh, <laughs> so, no, it, this, is, this was done. I, I was talking to a mainstream media person the other day, and we were talking about the fact that the 6th January committee has nothing. It's going to go nowhere. So to me, this, this is the fail safe. This is like, yeah, we've kind of got this and we don't really want to use it because it sucks, but it's all we got. Mm. So they don't have the 6th January distraction, although Biden keeps trying to bring it back and all this. <clears throat> not going to happen. There's nothing there. So uh, and they can't apparently manufacture anything. This, on the other hand, has all sorts of potential for manufacturing, manipulation, sure. uh, lying, everything else. So it, th this is the replacement for the 6th January thing, and it's being done right now. Uh, so this will run up. Uh, the timing is so that this thing hits its peak probably late September, early October, for people that kind of remember. So that's why they're doing it now, and that's where it's going. You know, it's interesting. Before you came on, Tony, uh, Andrew and I were talking about how, again, the January 6th, uh, committee uh, has has burnt out. I mean, yeah. they, they've made all these promises. Uh, we have evidence of members of Congress uh, colluding and organizing uh, and doing these pre-planned uh, reconnaissance and nothing from that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We've been promised all kinds of evidence. Again, very similar to the Russia, Russia, Russia uh, uh, hoax of where, course. you know, Adam Schiff, we have all this evidence uh, never to be presented. Right. Uh, but he, but here's the thing, Andrew and I were talking about this. And I'll ask you this. So my understanding of the Presidential Records Act is that uh, a former president, he or she is by law allowed access to White House papers, presidential papers, uh, right. in, including meaning in their possession. And these classified, these could be classified or non-classified material. And so the very fact that he has this material isn't illegal. Right. And, and so and, and, and again, they were negotiating 19 months of negotiating the, the PRA, the Presidential Records Act, says these how you transfer is negotiated. Uh, and so I said to Andrew, right. I'm going to ask you this. Uh, but now. Andrew McCarthy had a good piece yesterday in the New York Post or this week. Yeah, in the New York I Post. And so now he's saying that it's going to be obstruction. But to your point, obstruction is whatever the government says it is. Yeah. You can't obstruct uh, when you break rules that you decide what the rules are. And that's what they're trying to do. Right. So, and beyond that, Jerry, one of the key things is that the Records Act also allows presidents to determine what is personal and what is uh, official. So game over right there. It's like um, that is the that's what the law says. The law says the president determines that. And then that's game over. And then anything the president touches that is classified is 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 either declassified or retained for purposes of his own records. Because as a former president, he has the right to that information. There's any number of reasons that an old, a former president has that. 
Now, in the past, Jerry, let me be very clear on this. It's been a boys club and nobody uh, outside that boys club uh, wanted to provide that information. So that's why this Records Act came up, because people like Clinton, you know, sock drawer and all this other stuff. I think the Monica Lewinsky dress and classified documents were probably side by side at one point. I don't know that. Maybe just say it. But uh, and they didn't see that. So uh, I'm trying to illustrate here using some yeah. imagery that will wake people up to the fact that presidents determine 100 percent what they want to keep as personal and what they want to keep that, that is if it, or, or it can be shared as official. Now, with that said, regarding class, again, classification issues, um, it, that is an executive branch exclusive issue. It's an Article two issue. So the president on his own by himself is the ultimate and only uh, original classifying authority. He can either right. classify or declassify anything. And, and that's, uh, that's undisputed. And so, you know, just, just so our listeners understand, and I went yeah. through this on my radio show uh, uh, this past week, because a lot of listeners are like, well, uh, why do you say he has the authority to declassify? And I went through the Supreme Court decisions yeah. and the federal regs. Yeah. He, but here's the thing our listeners need to hear. There is no protocol or process. It's whatever he says. He exactly. could bl- he could blink exactly. at it like I dream of genie and his decree right. is, is well, and, the, and the reason and the reason why is assuming for a moment that the president is sitting down with a with a former with another head of state of another country and he gets a piece of information that this person needs to have access to immediately the president yeah. can unilaterally make that decision and hand that over otherwise it creates a situation right in which in which somebody else is determining what the president can see or do with that information right and that flies right. in the face of 240 years of executive branch power. I'm sorry, Tony, go ahead. No, I mean, that helps illustrate it. So um, people have to understand, uh, Jerry, in the real world, real things happen. So yes. uh, when the president's in a meeting, for example, he could say or do anything he wants with, with information. Now, we spies do similar things where I could be in a meeting with an asset and, you know, it, and you're talking to someone and this is where the president, there's a parallel here. Just, just follow my logic. Sure. You're sitting there with someone who you're trying to basically kind of play poker with, with no, no cards. This is, Reagan was great at this. And Reagan could say or do anything, uh, in some cases, even, even uh, give up classified information if he thought that would benefit him to get something back. We do the same thing. As, a, as an active case officer, you go into a meeting with a foreign asset and you tell them what you want to know. Well, that's classified because it's things we don't know. So you can, as a president, you can go in there with complete authority and say whatever you need to to get that person to give you back information. And yeah. this happened dur- during uh, Reykjavik with Gorbachev. Uh, you know, Gorbachev just passed a few days ago. Right. Uh, I-, I was told great stories about Reagan kind of dangling things in front of the Russians to get them to say something yeah. and get them to give up stuff. So that that is that's why that pre- the president has the ultimate and, and only authority on this. So I get tired of everybody talking about, well, you know, that he didn't follow the process. Like you said, there's no process. To well, follow. What process? Right. It's, it's all well, this complete nonsense. Tony, let me ask you this. I'm sorry, Andrew. I'm no, sorry. Go I want to ask a question too, but uh, only because I, again, I spent three hours on my radio show talking about this just a couple, three days ago. And it's so frustrating. The, the massive amount, amounts of confusion and cross information. So as I'm on the air, so the Sunday talk shows are beginning to, uh, to advertise what's coming up in the next hour, whatever it might be. And all of them were talking about how uh, the, ex- the, the experts are doing risk assessments oh on, the, on the material held yeah. uh, illegally at Mar-a-Lago. And I'm saying to myself, I'm on the radio. I'm like, risk assessments? 
What are they talking about? A, the president could declassify. B, right. he has he's allowed access to this information. So what is it? Are there and, and, and any- time out for a second. And C, yeah. there, is, there are legitimate questions as to whether or not the president was accessing this information while he was in Mar-a-Lago, right? So this idea that somehow this information was going to be used to harm somebody is a fugazi. Oh, and, it's and, a vapor. Because- Tony, you know this, right? Yeah. Uh, to yeah. Andrew's point, everyone's talking about, I mean, members of Congress are saying that people died because- Donald Trump had classified information uh, at his uh, at his Florida home. Elected officials, ostensibly serious people, are making these wild claims. So my question is, yeah, where do we go? Where do our listeners go well, to get information that's accurate? This is one of the things I drives me nuts about your business. No offense to you guys. You guys, <laughs> no, are no, it's all right. No, I mean people just pick up and run with stuff all the time. Like, like remember the remember that uh, great the great old days when they were talking about nuclear codes. Yes. Where did it come from? See, this is this is <laughs> where we didn't have an order. What happened? We don't care about that what anymore. Happened? So that's what I'm talking about. So let me answer this in two parts because I want to answer sure. a specific question, but I want to take a step back and look at like this whole whole mess. The issue of how information is generated, put into, as you point out, into the lexicon of the debate, and then uh, 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 just produced prodigiously all over the place by all these outlets. And then it goes away. Oh, we say nuclear codes, we meant Eleanor Roosevelt's hat. I mean, how did we get that (laughs) one? But they do that all the time. And this is where they're never held accountable. So there needs to be an organization and, and MRC and some others kind of kind of do it, but they don't get into this guy on this date said this. This is where it went and track it all together so you can give a format to people to say, look, that, that senator over there, he's a knucklehead because he's believing something that we already proved is, is wrong. And that would you, you mean like you mean like when the president continues to say that people can't own cannons and couldn't own cannons at the time of the revolution? So let me point that just a little side. I yeah. know people who own cannons right now, yes. and you and I could have an we could have machine guns if we wanted. Tony, to I know I know a guy. Need a back, class three license. I know, I know a guy. Like, I know a guy in Jersey. A true story. Yeah. Tony Imperiali. He owned a tank. Yes, he had I know, a tank. I know. So and then he forgets about privateers and the whole thing. I mean, <laughs> by the way, privateers. And letters of mark still exist. You could do that. You could issue. A Tony, was it you? Was it you who suggested? Or no, there was another. There was a general who was on the radio with me and suggested that that's how we deal with cyber criminals. Was that we grant well, letters of mark? I think it's mark. a great idea. I, I agree. It still exists. Yeah. yeah. Look, it worked in the Civil War. It worked during the Revolutionary War. They they do give you a lot of legal latitude and run around. Just say just saying they're they're a legal viable document to this. But, but don't want to get too far afield on this because it gets yeah. into what you're talking about here, and this gets into the one of the questions that I have because I want to ask this question before I start pontificating about it. Uh, because as Jerry said, one of the things he's going to be charged with if he gets indicted is obstruction. Yeah. Then there is a part of this this all law or this series of laws about how you properly store this information. And a lot of folks say, well, the secret service is there. And I'm thinking, well, that's not quite what we're talking about here. I know people who've worked in SCIFs. I know people who've handled documents in SCIFs and that's a secure compartmentalized intelligence facility. That's what SCIF means. And presumably there is this idea. And and one of the arguments that I think is going to be advanced is that if the president was going to hold on to this material, then he needed a SCIF at Mar-a-Lago. Talk to me about this, or am I, am I just overthinking he did have a skip at Marlon. Okay. And, and, and because during the time he was president, he would have to 
go down there and have people communicate with them at the top secret to the TSSCI and beyond level. So he has one. So that's not even the issue. The issue is they're saying it was strewn all over the place. That staged photo. Group. Yes. So going, going back to complete uh, Jerry's answer to, to, and linking it to your answer. Uh-oh, Jerry. Wrap yeah. them in a nice little package, throw them out. It's like, oh. <sighs> it, it, all right, sorry. No, I have a glitch once more, doesn't it? No worries. Anyway, so as I say, they, they, they package this in nice little packages so uh, uh, so that you get just it's like a little dog you try some treats to and you got no offense sure your your media just kind of run off and chase absolutely him. and so he did have a skip he did he, it did i know yeah. for a fact he had a skip and that probably i'm pretty sure i know uh from advising trump and his folks he never looks at the stuff it wouldn't have been out it yes. would have been all stored away so that that picture you see of all that stuff also it would have never happened yeah, uh, Trump may ask, ask someone to read something for him and summarize. He would not be like, uh, you know, the show me the, you know, uh, all about the Benjamin Stone, all the documents, all yeah. over, taking like a bath in documents. It, it, it's it's fiction. But that's the point. They're trying right now to get this all into the lexicon and into the debate so that we are debating. Well, what does this mean if he's indicted sure. for, for this? And, and regarding handling of classified information. All right. Let me just give you a couple of examples. Please. Um, uh, at the top, I w ran some very sophisticated, highly uh, classified operations, and uh, you you leave you move information in and out of skip all the time. I would run around by myself um, with beyond top secret documents and providing them to different organizations for their review. You move these, excuse me, you move these things in and out of skips all the time. So, what it, are you somehow doing something illegal when it's outside the skip? No, it's just outside the skip. And regarding that control, uh, nobody saw it. This goes back to this whole uh, damage, this damage assessment. That's nonsense. That's another distraction. Yeah. Because this information was not released to the public or a foreign source. And there's no evidence. Let me be very clear on this. There's no evidence Trump sh shared it with anybody. Nobody. Zero. Uh, there's nothing there. Yeah. And yet you see this kind of uh, immense effort to say, oh, we need Hillary Clinton's top secret information on her batching server that was given to foreign, at least three foreign powers. That needs to be looked at regarding uh, a, a loss because that's where you do a damage assessment because that was lost. The, the, this Donald Trump stuff is complete boulder dash. He did nothing wrong because information comes in and out of skips all the time. It's used for specific purposes. And uh, heck, I find stuff, uh, like the other day I was doing something and uh, one, of, one of my uniforms with one of my aliases, because I was, you know, I deployed in different names. I was like, oh, I forgot to remove that. Hmm. Yeah, technically, you know, that's that was at the time. It was, uh oh, Tony. Point. I don't Tony, know if you want to admit that on the show. Sorry, Tony, Jerry. Tony, let me ask you this, because here's here's my frustration. Yeah. And that is um, you'll get once every 10 days a well argued sourced uh, editorial at The Wall Street Journal. Right. Uh, you'll have to read five or six pieces at national review to, and then find bits and pieces of good information elected officials uh, uh con conservative leaders you know thought leaders there isn't anyone anyone where's kevin mccarthy where is uh, where where are you know where are serious republicans again not not necessarily defending the president president trump my fear is this, and it's always been the same, and that is if they can do this to Donald Trump, 
if they can do this to a former president, uh, what chance do I have? Exactly. Uh, Oh, and, right. and, 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 and that's 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 that that should be the message of, of a, a united message of, of, of from the right that this is not about Donald yeah. Trump broke your mind. This is not about Donald Trump. This is about a weaponized DOJ, a rogue FBI. This is about uh, this is about uh, taking laws and misapplying them. It's about threatening speech. It's about cancel culture. Th- this is dangerous. This is fact. This is this is the early. This is the birth. You know, the birth pangs of of, of fascism. Right. A- again, I, I sound like a, like a nut, but but no, you don't. I mean, look, if, if you just listen to Joe Biden, uh, basically saying that anybody who defends the uh, Second Amendment uh, is going to have to take on the government with F-15s. That's, I know. We talk. Uh, that's fascism. That's, yeah. that's pure fascism. Uh, this whole idea of moving wealth around. Last time I checked, uh, moving wealth, uh, wealth, wealth distribution, that's Russian. That's Soviet. That's yeah. a Soviet uh, principle. And then obviously uh, saying that anybody who supports MAGA is uh, basically a, a threat to democracy. A threat to democracy. The White House said this week that MAGA, MAGA voters right. are a threat to democracy. Yeah. And Andrew had said earlier in, in this program, they actually named Republican elected officials. Uh, as 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 threats to democracy, in, right. including including Ron DeSantis, who may very well be if Donald Trump isn't the nominee, may very well be the nominee in twenty. Right, and Ron's, Ron's great. So yeah, and so and you get Jean Luc Jean Luc uh, Marie, whatever her name is, up yes. there doubling down. Yeah. So is she is she related to Jean Luc Picard? By the way, I'm just asking. For <laughs> Listen, one could only back. hope. I don't. One could only I hope. hope. I don't know. Anyway, but back to the topic of issue of it, it's fascism. And so fascism by proxy. How about that? Let's let's put yes. that in there as a as a new term we can use for Joe Biden. Uh, no, it's 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 very clear that this whole process is designed to show that they can do this to anybody. And but and, and Jerry, to your point, why are the Republicans uh, accepting it? Because they always accept it. Someone asked me the other day, why are they getting away with this? Because Republicans never stop. They never yeah. they never stay. This is this is the lie. Speaking of John Luke, you know, this is the lie. We right. go this, no further. We, you know, this is the line we stop at and go after them. And they never do that. Part of this is because people like Cheney, people like McCarthy uh, have always been very happy and very well rewarded for being kind of the controlled opposition. That's like, yeah, you're absolutely, you know what? Everything. You're right. And, and you might be Tony and Andrew old enough to remember. Uh, 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 what was his name? Uh, was it uh, 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 Minority Leader Michael? You know, Bob back Michael. in the. Bob Michael back in the yeah. 80s. I, I, I was acquainted with him. He was a lovely man. Uh, and, and, and I met with him for the first time at the DNC, at the Democratic National Committee Club. He was over there playing piano. And Nick Rahal, who's a Democratic, was Democratic congressman, uh, a good guy, pro-life uh, Democrat from West Virginia, invited me to, to, for dinner. And who's there? Bob Michael, the Republican opposition. But my point is, is that Kevin McCarthy is in the Bob Michael uh, uh, mode. I think so. And, and, and the thing is, he doesn't fool me now. I, I remember Kevin McCarthy uh, from, you know, f- 10 years ago uh, when he really was uh, uh, disinterested uh, in ideas and, and big ideas, especially. And, 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 and you're, you're, you're right about this. But uh, again, <laughs> Andrew, correct me. I don't want to be curmudgeon Jerry Uh-oh. today. Oh, please. But I mean, but but we're doomed. I mean, we're just we're, we're bloody doomed. Well, well, I yeah. Go Sorry, ahead, go ahead, Tony. I mean, I don't <laughs> jump in. 
I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, no, I'm, just, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm despairing. I look at this. No, I look at this because, um, this, I, look, I'm a retired special agent. I, I did counterintelligence stuff first before I became a case officer. I, I did uh, espionage investigations for the Army, actually up in New York. My, my cut my teeth out of the New York City resident office and did uh, espionage investigations. So as a sworn special agent, you're supposed to basically follow the facts. Now, I think the FBI has completely negated its role as the ultimate authority in any of this. And remember, they are, they are now the tip of the spear for the left. They are. Yeah. I mean, let's just be real. Which is ironic given the way that the FBI dealt with the left in the 60s. But set exactly. That yeah. Go ahead. Exactly. Talk about a strange uh, set of bedfellows. But to your to Jerry's point, Jerry, our leadership, the, the Republican or conservative, I wouldn't even say it was conservative. It's just people who actually want accountability. Yeah. Because I know Tulsi Gabbard sure. kind of joined. The, the of team. course. Yeah, yeah, right. You're right. So those who just basically want rule of law and accountability are in danger because anybody who basically challenges that because they're going to come after you and they're going to do things to undermine your credibility. Heck, you guys have followed me for a while. Able danger. When I did the able danger uh, things, sure. Uh, you know, my first disclosure, I'm over at Kurt Weldon's office doing my, my initial protected disclosure. And as soon as the media got it, oh, he's having an affair with someone on, on Weldon's staff. It's like, what? Yeah. I mean, they will do this. This is not right. new. This is not new. This, they do this as a routine. So and they will do that. And then they will come after you to try to discredit you and take your clearance. And, and my testimony is still out there when I talked about what they use to get at, get my clearance. This is not new. And it, all, all this is not new. It's just being refined for purposes of whoever's in charge. I would argue this hybrid of the, the government, uh, big corporations, especially big tech and the Democrat Party. It's, it's a very evil trifecta. Yeah, and, and 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 the thing is, is that what 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 is scary, uh, or or scarier is that they're doing it in plain sight. Right, right. Jerry, I mean, it used it used to be they tried to hide some of this stuff, uh, obfuscate, hide, you know, uh, play spy in terms of how going, they're going after KT McFarland in the way that they did, and and putting her life through the ringer the way that they did. Of course, uh, Jim Comey going at the ninety second Street Y and openly admitting, yeah, we took advantage of the chaos of the White House in 2017 to send over a couple of guys to completely upend Mike Flynn's life. And Jerry, you know, it's, it's hard to not be discouraged and, and worried about the future when you do have the president openly suggesting that, you know, that, that we have, we have F-15s. So, so, you know, it doesn't, you know, we don't know, understand why you want to cling to your assault rifles. Yeah, Um, And again, uh, uh, someone, uh, one of the legal analysts over at Heritage uh, tweeted this, a series of tweets, and she made this very good point. She said, well, in theory, Mr. President, um, uh, uh, it's not just one guy with an AR-15. It it would be hundreds of thousands of guys with AR-15s. And then also, in theory, uh, National Guard uh, uh, troops who have F-15s. I mean, yeah. it, it, again, not to, again, not to well, sound crazy. No, I mean, the, look, I, I think you guys ought to watch an old series called Jericho just to get a sense of what would happen. Just there's a series sure. that uh, I remember this. It, yeah. And Steve it all Ulrich. everything we talked about happens. Just say so right. to this point. Let me break this down a little bit because this is something, you know, we do a lot of Second Amendment stuff, as you know. So first off, do you all know where the AR-15 came from? Um, it's, it, yeah. it was designed by yeah. by. Uh, by the guy who designed it as a civilian weapon. As a matter of sure. fact, we had to beg Curtis LeMay at SAC to buy it as a, to, to hey, we want to art, we want to give this to your 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 air policeman to guard your air force bases. That's where it came from. It came as a civilian weapon. Yeah. And you know where the term um, assault weapon comes from? No. 
Well, that it's that's that's the uh, was the Germans. Storm the Nazis, Bavir, which is yes. which is which is so Hitler himself came up with this. This is the yes. SCG forty four. Yes. So how how is it our side didn't call out every time they say this? Like <laughs> I cannot believe you're using a term Adolf Hitler personally came up with. Call yeah. him out because they do they do this all the time. It's like you talk about this stuff like uh, and, and of course nobody can define. I've been in combat multiple times, shot people. Uh, I have never once used a storm a, a storm gear or a, a an assault weapon. We have we have pistols, we have automatic weapons, we have uh, rifles. That's it. So it's it's all this. And the other thing, we give up the battlefield. We use their lexicon. That's right. why I'm saying we need to call out their lexicon. You know what? That's like, a good point. And it used to be when 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 I first got involved in ideas and think tanks and and and, and politics. Uh, it was at uh, it was at the Manhattan Institute and some other places, and there was a big push early on back in the back in the nineties that we had to retake the language. Yes, and we were we were making good arguments, but using their terms, and there had to be this redefinition or or a back to basics when it came to language. But again, like every, I say this to Andrew all the time: the left is so well organized and integrated yeah. and funded. Our right. side. Our side is all over the place. Uh, there's no the all the time. Yeah. yeah, no coordination. We have, we have people who are rich, but they don't actually fund anything that's effective. And yeah, this, right. and I think that's for by, by purpose. Let, let me let's shift gears a little bit here because you, you touched on this. Given your background in both intelligence and counterintelligence, you know, and what we've now learned in the last couple of weeks about a the interplay between the folks who did the Russia investigation and who were <laughs> involved in Mar-a-Lago. Uh, yeah. This FBI agent who was escorted, I'm sorry, DOJ official was escorted out of the DOJ. Um, these are, this is, this is serious stuff. A, it's serious stuff insofar as the politicization of the DOJ's counterintelligence division, the FBI's counterintelligence division. But it's also about the, the fact that if they're focused so on this, scuff gets missed. I don't know, like a member of Congress sleeping with a, an agent of the Chinese government. And, and talk a little bit about, about that, about the problems there. Well, let me break down because I have a direct knowledge in a lot of this. Um, so the issue relating to the viability of, of intelligence, let's just use intelligence as a, as a predicate. Intelligence information is not emotional. It's not uh, left or right. It's just fact. It is what it is. And this is what's been lost to the FBI and DOJ. Facts don't matter. So the moment you lose the interest in maintaining what is factually correct, yeah. and I, I, I'm sorry, I dispute Merrick Garland. Well, we speak, you know, and, and very logical, legal. It's like, no, you don't. It's all emotional. It's all yeah. now emotion. It's based on the emotions of the left. And we have to, to get back, that back because one of the things that happened, you guys remember the Hunter Biden hard drive showing up. 100%. I don't know if, told, I don't know if I told you the story. Uh, I know the guy who brought it to the FBI, a, a guy named, named Colonel Ron Scott. Colonel, uh, Colonel Scott and I worked a black operation regarding loose nukes. That's about all I can say about it. But uh, not that no, none got loose. It was, it, was a mo- it was a movie with George Clooney and Nicole Kidman. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it was. It was. It was almost that fun. But d- d- I digress. Anywho, back to the topic huh. of, of this. And so Ron calls me, says, look, uh, my cousin. I mean, my, my nephew, JP Mac, has got this Hunter Biden hard drive. And so he spends a month letting me go through and vet everything. So I'm, you know, 
And this is the same time, if you guys remember, that those those 44 national security experts come out to yes. say it's and so I go on and say, I've got direct knowledge of this and it's real. I get shut down on Twitter. I get shut down on Facebook. Right. I can't, I go in and try to get our side to pay attention. I, can, I don't want to get them in trouble, but we went into one of the big, the big uh, organizations that does uh, the, the, the real work to, to get to the bottom of stuff. They wouldn't touch it. They wouldn't touch mm-hmm. it. So our own side wouldn't touch it. And I, I've got people in the room from a three letter agency that want to get a copy. They couldn't touch it because they felt like we all know now that Hunter Biden was compromised. So yeah. there was a concerted effort by someone behind the scenes to stop that, to just put the iron curtain down. Now, I again, last time I checked, I've got my retirement bio on the wall. I've got 30 and a half years of, of doing intelligence stuff, and I knew the people directly involved, yet somehow I was not allowed to do my work to assess and, and present information saying, Hunter Biden, hard drive is real, and it's completely compromised. Wow. Because DOJ was behind the scenes, doing everything they could to, to the man behind the curtain stuff to stop it. That to me is beyond election interference. That's, that is treason because essentially what you're doing is you're covering up ultimately for foreign sources, in this case, Ukraine and China, who were actually compromising officials of the U.S. government. I don't know how to, I, I don't know how to put it. Well, it's a smiley a face on. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because this gets into what we, we've talked about. Uh, we talked about Hillary Clinton and what happened with, the State Department and and senior State Department officials consulting for entities that had business with the State Department. Um, this is and people ask the question: Why is this so serious about Hunter Biden? What's the relevance? And it gets down to the American people have a right to know whether or not the the office of the Vice President is being used and abused. Well, talk you about you guys that. from Baltimore. Remember a guy named uh, Spiro Agnew, right? Sure. <laughs> I mean uh, this. This makes Spiro Agnew's uh, getting paid off as mayor of Baltimore and, and, and as a state, as the state governor, look like uh, the Girl Scout cookies, the Girl Scouts dropping off cookies for free yeah. on his doorstep. You know, again, for our listeners, so the Hunter Biden laptop, uh, that that story, the New York Post story, broke before November of 2020. Right. So here's the here's the question again. If I'm a listener, I'm 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 like yelling at the at the device. Ask this question. Well, why did Bill Barr sit on it? Well, well, well right. Who's ahead, who is ahead I of the DOJ? I have my own issues with Bill. I have my own issues with Bill. But my point is, is that the Department of Justice uh, was they they were not in the hands of the Obamas or the Bidens. No, uh, but that's my point, Jerry. Is that that this was a a complete and utter? We're not going to look at this. And again, just for your audience to understand, the FBI had the Hunter Biden hard drive a full year before the New York Post broke it. I came into it right before the New York Post story started because, again, the people who were involved, like, had been frustrated by the fact that they'd given to the FBI. I know for a fact Ron had given to the FBI and that the FBI basically did nothing except go. Once they got it, it was like this this thing where they the the media does a, a story capture. They'll pay a lot of money to a store to someone who has a story and then make it go away. That's sure. what they basically did here. As soon as they got it, they went about trying to do everything they could to cauterize any knowledge of the information to include isolating. Ron Scott is a colonel, went to the Air Force Academy, an immensely qualified, uh, amazing uh, patriot. He was basically told, warned, you say anything, we're going to come after you. Because they used the power of the state 
to suppress any any information that goes against the political class in charge. In this and, case, it was but that's and, and that's and that's exactly where what's behind my question. And that is, yeah. in many instances, it doesn't matter if a Republican's in the White House or a Democrat's in the White House. They're Didn't really matter in this case, yeah. right? And 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 so there is, you know, we, we had a dinner recently. Um, and we invited some folks in uh, uh, who are thinking about 2024. And it was an off the record dinner. It was a real clear, real clear dinner, a real clear politics dinner off the record. And I, I'll tell you this, the, the consensus around the table was that in 2016, because of the Russia collusion uh, backdrop, uh, because of, of lots of things happening, uh, the Trump administration got off to a slow yeah. start right. and, and weren't able to uh, staff aggressively. Uh, and that was part of what hurt him later. Uh, and also they never, the Trump administration never made a move to push out uh, the politicos and the, right. uh, the ideologues. Right. And, and the, around this table, they, these, these people smarter than me were saying, that's a mistake. Republicans can't make in 2024. They have to have almost they have to have a a an administration in waiting. Right. And then on day one, begin not just fill offices, but they they have to push out, yeah. begin to push out uh, the uh, those who would have uh, at the FBI, at DOJ and, and at EPA, you name the agency that would uh, conspire to keep information from the American people. So the, let me. Put it in a framework, I think maybe your audience can help them. So the first thing he has to do, as you said, uh, pick a team. The Reagan White House did this. Basically, they had competent people in charge of bringing in people who you can't do everything, but you could need to get control of what we call centers of gravity. Yeah. Like this position is going to have these things. And then the other thing that Trump never did, and I don't know why, because he's a, he's a money guy, he should have got budgetary control of the entire uh, uh, government. He never did. David Stockman, uh, some uh, all these other guys who did OMB, he should have got OMB on his side and, and used it instantly to basically make life a living hell for anybody not sure. doing the policies he put. He never did that. Never, never used the power of the purse, which he has. Anytime Congress uh, does the, the the acquisition of funds and gets it to the executive branch, it's his money. It's like, dude, use it. Like it's your right. money. And he never did. Never did. And then to the point of like getting control of the bureaucracy. You got to fire people three levers, levels down, and it, you can do it. You know, and I've argued in my own experience in the intelligence community, I would, I would uh, cut the people, the number of people in half, and cut the budget by a third, and they would work, they would work twice as efficiently because no. there's layers of bureaucracy. Yeah, all these layers are put in there for political purposes. Just sure. say it. And it's and, interesting and, too, if you remember the early criticisms in 2017, uh, when there were moves to. Uh, Right. Uh, to, to, you know, to, to fire people. And right. the New York Times, and the Washington Post and CNN were horrified. Oh, he's doing this to cover up the Russia collusion. Right. Uh, and, but he, completely within his authority to do so. Let me. And and again, I, I wonder sometimes if folks around the president said, hey, like, for instance, even uh, William Barr said this recently in a Barry Weiss interview where he said that Trump should have fired Comey immediately. Yeah. And for some right. reason and for some reason didn't. Do you, do you uh, think I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just saying so. I, so I think well, I, I have some direct knowledge of this. So the, the, so when Trump came in, 
uh, he wanted to play nice. He basically felt, I, I won and I can do so. Sure. So he allowed uh, Rans Priebus and uh, these other knuckleheads to have access. And that was a huge, that, that right there, he lost the war. It's like the moment you give access to the, to the mainstream guys, you're done. And then he had uh, Jared, um, what's his name? Um, Kushner. Kushner. Kushner, who was a train wreck. I'm sorry, I'm just going to say it. There's no way of putting a, a fine point on this. Kushner was a globalist uh, from day one. And he would always do anything he could to soften Trump's America first thing. So he, he, those two together, uh, overwhelmed. Steve Bannon was in there trying to do the America first stuff. And you heard what he said about Steve Bannon. Steve's a number of things, but he's not a terrorist. Yeah. And, uh, and I know Steve. So, so, and I was in the white house one day and I saw the dynamics. I walked by Rance and he looked at me and he thought he saw a ghost because, you know, I'm, I'm a disruptor. You know, I, if, if, if I show up, bad things are about to happen. Just saying, I mean, it's like, I'm not the guy you bring in to, to fix things or let things run normally. And I think, that's another reason Steve Bannon got fired because this happened right before he got fired because I was going to be asked to do a few things. One of the things I said to Mike Flynn, and uh, this first time I'm talking about this, I said, uh, Mike, when you get in, they're going to have a plan to come after you. Well, Mike didn't believe it. It's like, oh, I, I'm not have time. I said, no, you've you got to make time for this because they're going to do it. Some of the team, the, the Trump team was just so unable to wrap their mind around the fact that they were going to be targeted to include yeah. Mike. Right. I, I and two other people had this conversation with Mike and I said, Mike, they're going to come after you. And he wouldn't, he wouldn't believe. It. Oh no, no, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Democrat. It doesn't matter what you are. Yeah, right. You're an enemy. You're, you're going in to dismantle the entire infrastructure. So they're going to fight you. So you had uh, Jared Kushner as the inside guy. You had Rance Priebus as, as the, the guy who was out there kind of doing the stuff. And then you had this large bureaucracy, which was, was fighting tooth and nail to not give up anything. So uh, I said to Mike, it's like, you get in there. The first thing you need to do is, I don't care how you do it, put, uh, put Comey. I mean, he said, I said, put, put Brennan, John Brennan, and Jim Clapper under investigation. He said, for what? I said, I don't know. Just find something. Just, just do something to get them off their game because they're going to they're gonna use these guys in an offensive way. So the first thing you do as a military guy, first thing you do is disrupt the enemy's plan. Yeah. Just get them off their plan. And, they, and again, uh, Jerry, they, they couldn't wrap their mind around the fact that this storm was coming. It's just it, it was like a blind spot. for them. And they, the irony is, is that we can't wrap our head around this. But this is how the other side operates. Exactly. And exactly. this is why and this is why they win. And, and let's right. I want to get into the reasons here for, for a minute, because I don't think we've ever had this discussion. I mean, is it just as simple as the intelligence community saw the writing on the wall and they knew that Donald Trump was going to go in there and he was going to cut budgets and change personnel and that he was uh, going to hugely disrupt it. And they couldn't have that. Is that, is that why they, cause they went after him first. He didn't go after them first. Right. So let me, it, the, there are immensely qualified, completely neutral, fully uh, patriotic Americans still inside the law enforcement community and the intelligence community. Let me, let me defend them right up. Front. Sure. Uh, I still remain a member of law enforcement in Virginia. I work with folks in the counterterrorism side, DHS. I badmouth DHS all the time, but professionally, I have people I can work with over there. Sure. So there are still good people who see what's going on, but don't have a voice still inside. So that let me just defend them right up front. The people in the intelligence community who went after Trump are the same ones who have direct and, and, and uh, continuous ties to the Democrat Party. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's it's what it is. So it's politics. So it's so power and politics. Th this all started in the in the 90s when 
Bill Clinton wisely with his wife, Hillary, started seeding uh, individuals at the GS level. They took, uh, they took, Lois Lerner was a political appointee who turned into a GS uh, employee. They converted people from political appointees sure. into, into normal everyday civil servants. And these folks worked their way through the system. J.B. Gorelick was one of the most horrific people I could ever see sure. in because she materially was, was a, a player in the 9-11 attack failures. Just saying, her, yeah. her memo, the Gorelick memo had the yes. most effect the separation of intelligence and yes, that's right. The, the wall, Al, yes. Al wall. Gore's wall, right? I mean, insane. Or, and, so and, and, I'm just telling you, Tony, it's insane. so funny you say that. That again, in terms of when America should have realized there was a problem, was then. Yeah. That and, and we oh, had yeah. a commission. We had a, it was plain. It was plain that that was the I, I, look, there's lots of reasons, but but if you had to say this is why it happened. That's why it happened. Real, real quick, explain the Gorelick memo and how it plays into 9-11. Cause I, so, I, yeah. yeah. So um, absolutely right. Some of you, some of your audience remembers, and you've covered it extensively. Uh, I, I was a, a, the, uh, one of the folks on the, on the team of Able Danger. Able Danger, yeah. just simply put, was uh, a concept drawn up by General Hugh Shelton, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs then, given to Peace Schoolmaker, the commander of Special Operations Command, to put together a merry band of, of rebels to go out and map and then be uh, be prepared to take offensive action against al-Qaeda. And this sure. was done in 1999, two years before 9-11. And it was because of the Africa bombings and all these other things yeah, that happened. Yeah. It's like we need to respond and be prepared. Yeah. So as part of that, we started getting indications as part of our data mining. You know, back in those days, guys, just as an aside, data mining didn't exist. We were one of the pioneer organizations to do the data mining. This was actually done with DARPA technology that nobody knew about, put it all together. Anyway, the pattern showed that, oh, my God, there is Al Qaeda folks here in the United States, here, not right yeah. here in the United States. And, and when we had we identified two of the three cells which conducted the 9-11 attacks in 2000. Imagine that. So when when that happened, the, our lawyers said, oh, they're here legally. These these uh, these Arabs, these uh, you can't look at them. They've got green cards like that's not in the law. Well, we don't care. So that was the first thing. Lawyers then <laughs> wow. say, if they're here legally, you can't look at them. So I'm going to blow up a movie theater, but I bought a ticket. Yes. I mean, that, that, that's how silly I'm just saying. and dangerous so anyway, the reasoning is. So we, and we didn't stop. So we said, no, this like your point. It's like, there's something wrong here. So then I, I'm still, I'm working another operation undercover with the FBI. And, and, great, and believe it or not, I, this is, you can't make this. This is like an episode of 24. I'm actually off doing things in Athens with the FBI trying to chase another terrorist group. And so the SOCOM comes to me and says, we can't do this. Can you get it to w WFO uh, via your other operational context? Like, sure, absolutely. So I make the arrangements and get this, Jamie Gorelick and that team cancels the meeting three times with the wow. FBI when we try to pass the information from Special Operations Command regarding the fact that you have Al Qaeda cells here uh, and, and, and uh, they're going to probably do something. You better look at this. We were stopped by the Gorelick memo saying, oh, no, 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 no. This is this is foreign intelligence. You can't be sharing this with the FBI. Talk about a catch 22. Sure. Anyway. So and then, by the way, Louis Freed does an editorial in this saying, you know, hey, if I got this information as a director of the FBI, I could have stopped it. This is still out there. Sure. So my point is so what what you're what what you guys are seeing now existed. 20 years ago, sure. and it was all prompted by the Democrat Party, 
I'll just say it. The Democrat Party made infrastructure investments, and we're not talking about roads. No, no, no. They invested, they in, 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 invested in putting people, political operatives loyal to the party first over the constitutional oath in the system. So I, I've always considered able danger is the first engagement of the deep state against those who just feel we want to do the right thing. So just saying. Wow. Well, listen, Tony, I think we ought to uh, leave it there. I want to thank you very much for, for joining sure. us today. It was great, great conversation to say the least. Um, but uh, how do folks it, find it, out? It, it, it makes me, I'm sorry, Tony, to interrupt Andrew. No. It makes me want to like get in a bunker and record this and write this and somehow get this into the hands again of everyday America. This is Tony, everything you're saying, this is, this is, this is, uh, this is my final word. You make something complex conversational. Yes. The American people, working Americans can understand what you're talking about. And in my mind, if and Americans are busy, inflation, energy costs, uh, right. failed public schools, uh, uh, cr- crime in our cities, et cetera, cultural decay, they're so distracted by just trying to make a better life for their kids right. that they don't have time for this. And they have that right. This yes, is- of course they do. I'm not, I'm not criticizing them. This no, is, no, I'm, no, I'm just backing yeah. you up. But, but however... If they, if they, if, if there was, if there was a group, a convert, a, a, a leader to come, a Reagan type to make this as plain as you make it, they'd understand this and understand yeah. the urgency. That's well, where our hope is so getting the American I, people this information. Yeah. Look, I'm mentored by a lot of the old Reagan guys. I mean, God, God rest his soul. Bud McFarlane, one of my friends and mentors just passed recently. I, I love the Reagan guys. I do everything I can to emulate. Uh, their success. I always believe go with the winner. I was taught a few years ago, you want to be successful, go with how the guys have done it before. And I, well, I, Tony, I, I, I think you should announce your run for president here on the, uh, <laughs> uh, on the Andrew, uh, Jerry, uh, well, uh, save the world podcast. <laughs> think about so, it, pray about it, pray about it. And I'll help you raise some money. Well, before you go, <laughs> we are, start, we are launching a, a, a Reagan esque organization called Project Sentinel. As a matter of fact, uh, Andrew is about to ask me about London Center. So London Center is going to create a new element, a new organization called Project Sentinel, which focuses, Jerry, just like you said, on Reagan-esque, Reagan-based thoughts and and, uh, benefits. I actually met with one of the the President Reagan's former cabinet on this a few days ago. Uh, They give give me great guidance and support. So uh, we're going to work through this. And And just for your audience to understand, nobody here wants to be a revolutionary. Matter of fact, we want to return to the basic principles that resulted after the revolution, the American sure. Revolution, what the founding right. fathers established for us. So that's what our goal is. Protect go, what we have and make it better. Ex- exactly. Nobody wants to fight the government. Everybody wants the government oh. to get the hell out of the way so people can live the American dream. That's what Yes, indeed. All right. So when is that launching? Well, uh, we're debating that, gentlemen. You know how <laughs> bureaucracy <laughs> is. I've got a small one I got to deal with. So, uh, so suffice it to say, we're going to have it launched. Probably right now we're in this twilight zone. Probably in September. Here we are, September already. We're probably going to launch in one October. That's the that's the objective. So, so I'll keep you what, whatever we can do uh, uh, here or on our radio programs, you know, I'm an editor over at Real Clear. Um, whatever we can do to help uh, spread the word, you just let us know. I'll get, I'll get it to you guys very soon since we're ready to go. So sounds good. Listen, take care. Thank you so much, very much for joining us. And now it's time for the bottom line. The bottom line. Always uh, good to talk to Tony Jerry, isn't it? I mean, that was I, I normally I, we, I suppose we could have just ended the show talking to Tony, but I figured you, we might want to sum up a little bit. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I sum it up this way, and that is, is that there is a real deep state. This is not, this is not crazy talk. This is not, what is that group everyone's always talking about? Uh, Q QAnon, whatever Q it's called. This is not nonsense. This is real. Uh, and, and, and it's happening in greater greater ways it's it happening was, in, pl in it plain sight woody allen who put it best just because they're pa you're paranoid doesn't mean that they're not after you right and then and, I, I, and I, I, when you have the you, here's the cataclysm right when you have a government that is all powerful when you have a situation in which they you know as henry silverglade says you the average american commits three felonies a day right even if it's three felonies a month um you know when when the when stories can get spiked you know, it's real funny because we didn't talk about this with Tony or, or but it's worse than that, right? It's worse than a story getting spiked. It's it's the intelligence community purposefully ignoring uh, relationships and dealings but, that are harmful to the to the I'm American talking, interests. Talking specifically about the Hunter Biden laptop story. Yeah, that that's what I'm Biden. talking about. Yeah, so so you know. So there was this poll that came out and essentially said that uh, uh, roughly uh, four out of five Americans, if they knew about the Hunter Biden laptop story, they would have changed their vote. And I, I, I got into it. I did get into a debate. 80%. Uh, the, the, all the polling on this is that 80% of voters would have reconsidered their vote. But here's the thing that I came back to, Jerry, is that it, even if they're massively overstating it, even if it's right, because it was 78, 79%, even if it's right. not even if it's 7.8%, Let's say that it's one one hundredth of, of right. that. Yeah. If if less than one, if 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 about point one point seven nine percent, so so four fifths of one percent of the electorate change their votes in swing states. Yeah. Donald Trump would have been reelected president of the United States, and and so that's why it's as I said back then, little groups of people moving from column A to column B. This is important stuff here. I will tell you that I I am I am uh, much much more in the camp of Eorish Jerry and being very depressed about the state of uh, of, of America than than. Well, uh, I mean, let's let's let, let, let's let's end where we started, and that yeah. is, uh, you don't have to be a Trump supporter or a uh, a Trump uh, critic to understand and get behind the idea of the raid at Mar-a-Lago is, is so alarming. Yes. So unprecedented. The misinformation we're getting from corporate media, the misinformation we're getting from members of Congress and, and, and political experts and, 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 and law experts. I mean, uh, this should make Americans, regardless of your party, uh, this should make you concerned about the, the, the power and the potential yeah. for abuse uh, of the federal government. hundred percent without a doubt. And the only right thing, and the only answer to this is, and not just with regards to the intelligence community, but generally is you have to rein in the power of the government the, the, yeah. the, the federal government has to, and again, doesn't have to be small enough to drown in a bathtub or you could drown in a bathtub if you wanted to, as Grover Norquist says, and then had to clarify, but again, reducing the size and scope of that power uh, only helps to benefit uh, individual rights. Jerry, you're on on Sunday. Sunday, the Jerry Rogers Show on WBL. Yes, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m.? 7 to 10. 
Excellent, excellent, excellent. I don't know when I'm doing uh, fill-in work anytime soon. I do have a project that I'm going to be announcing in the next couple of weeks. I'll let you know as soon as I get the go-ahead uh, to announce that. Uh, but, uh, you know, as always, uh, you know, tell your tell your friends, tell your family members, tell your family members' friends uh, that they should enjoy the uh, the uh, the show, Andrew and Jerry Save the World. You found it here. Uh, by the way, leave reviews, leave comments. We did hit a milestone, another uh, another milestone in, in terms of our, our downloads. So thank you all for that. Uh, Jerry, what do you need people to do? Oh, my goodness. Repent and look for Jesus. Uh, besides that, find the truth, plant your feet, stand firm. God bless. Have, have a great week, everybody. Have fun and stay safe.